Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we're bringing you the third episode in our Recruit Reflection series featuring fan favorite Sydney Seabrooks. Sydney recently committed to the University of North Carolina on a full athletic scholarship after visiting seven schools, which currently has her in a tie for the most visits of any athlete in the class of 2025. She's a two-time Level 10 national qualifier and one of the largest advocates for transparency in the college gymnastics recruiting process. She was incredibly gracious with her time in this interview, gave a lot of great insight and a lot of great advice, and we hope you all can learn a little something from her. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, future Tar Heel, Sydney Seabrooks. So my first question, I want to know how it feels to just have your announcement be public. And for everyone that's been following your journey, for them to now know where you're going, what was that like getting to announce that and share that with everyone? Yeah, it's definitely amazing. It was super surreal. I think even just hitting June 15th, it was surreal to from watching the college coaches on TV and hearing their backgrounds, like for example, Courtney Coupette's Olympian, amazing gymnast. And then like literally talking to her, like you feel a little bit starstruck and you try to be like not too much of a fan, but it's definitely, at least in my announcement, it's been surreal and very exciting uh, to do so because it's just been such a long time coming. I think going into it, a lot of people were shocked that I picked UNC. I know, remember, like, I'm pretty big on Twitter, and I'll read a lot of the stuff on there. <laughs> I remember a step came on here and was talking about that as well. So seeing people planning out where I was going, a lot of people thought I was going to go to UCLA, or at least wanted me so bad that they're they're a little delusional that I was going to go to UCLA. A little <laughs> they're manifesting here. it. They're manifesting it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's fun to kind of shock people in that sort of way and see the reactions to it and see the good and the bad, because that's kind of what I want, like, I take any publicity for college gymnastics as good publicity just to get the word out there. So even seeing some of the, oh, really not UCLA, but okay, so proud of her. Like, you know, seeing that is also good. So I was, it was super exciting and I planned out, it was actually kind of funny. So I planned out, I had my commitment post ready to go on Instagram and I was going to do my announcement at gym at like 6 p.m. that day. And then I had a reminder so or like a countdown. So I would set up and immediately post. I wouldn't have to go on there and do it. So I was doing that really late at night and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just do this. And it accidentally posts like at, at really like at 5 a.m. or something like that. Really? And yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, shoot, let me go back and delete this. And so nobody saw it or so I thought. And then later I'm in this uh group chat and somebody's like, oh yeah, I had my notification set up for you. And it showed a little post that you posted at this time. I was but- just going to say, I'm like, there's no way that somebody didn't see it. Like, I hate to burst your bubble, but somebody the saw notifications. it. Yeah, nobody like posted about it where it was like circling around, or at least I didn't, I didn't think so. But yeah, apparently I, I posted for like a minute and I immediately took it down, but that's funny. I had no idea that that happened. I mean, I saw like um like the group chats and things. There's the Discord where everyone like speculates on where the gymnasts mm-hmm. are going, and people were talking about you on there. But I didn't see anyone say that like you had posted anything, so I, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, so that's why I was thinking, oh, maybe nobody saw it, but just <laughs> at least one person I know did see it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so going back to, I guess, when your recruiting process started, how did you go about getting yourself on coaches' radars? Were you posting on Instagram, going to camps? You know, what kinds of things were you doing to get yourself out there? 
after my level nine season, I actually started level 10 a bit later. I started in my freshman year. So I had a really stellar level nine season. And my coach has been through a lot of uh, recruiting processes with other gymnasts. So he's like, okay, let's make an Instagram account and post your level nine nationals videos. And then let's just start posting updates to show you're prepping for level 10. So I immediately got to Instagram and started doing that. And then I didn't have coaches numbers at the time. So I would actually just DM coaches. I had some YouTube videos. So I'd copy the link and send it through there. I did a bunch of different um coaches all ranges and kind of went through that little section of it for camps I didn't do any individual college camps so like I didn't go to an Arkansas gymnastics camp I actually did region eight camps so my region does camps for like mainly SEC colleges because region eight's around SEC colleges yeah. so we went to um University of Alabama for one year and uh, then we went to Auburn University for another year. So I was just able to go to those. And at those camps, there's actually other college coaches from around the area that come and watch. And so it's a little bit like a college bound showcase where I got to see them. My coach got to talk to them. I got to show them my stuff. And then from there, they saw my face. My coach got their number. And then I would just start sending messages um, through that way. I wasn't big into emails at all. I'm more just, I did all my stuff through text. After my level 10 season, my coach gave me a sheet of all the coaches numbers that I wanted. And I put them on my phone. And I was very, very consistent, a lot more consistent than I've like, people are like, really, you set stuff every day. And I was like, yeah, I kind of would send a training video every single day, every other day of something I was doing. I'd even update them on injuries. I had an injury um, this past season. And I'd tell them what I'm going through, go through that process, what maybe my thought process is. Because in college, you might have some injuries. And you want that gymnast to know that you can step up from that. You want the coach to know that as well. And I would send them my injuries. I'd maybe send them a little quick tidbit about me. So I definitely went through that way of going through text messages and then kept on posting on my Instagram stories also to to get my gymnastics out there uh even for NIL deals like just to show my gymnastics and then also for coaches so that's kind of how I got started in it so I know that coaches aren't allowed before June 15th they're not allowed to have contact with athletes but when you text them are they allowed to like heart the message or can they not acknowledge you at all that I've had coaches heart the messages. Okay. I, I definitely have that on Instagram and then met, uh, text. Some coaches, like the compliance at different schools is very strict. They don't uh -huh. want to break any sort of rules. So they won't, won't do anything at all. They won't show anything until that June 15th hits. But I've definitely have coaches that have uh, hearted my messages. Okay. I would feel so awkward sending stuff and having a coach not respond. Like I would take it personally. It feels like you've been left on red. Yeah. Luckily, some coaches did have the like scene thing underneath. So I could know they saw it. But so, but I never really like took it to heart because my I always knew they couldn't do anything and yeah. I don't want them to reach out I don't want them to get in trouble either right so I would, like make it so like oh what do you think of this like yeah no I'm not gonna do that I really just sent the videos but no I, I do understand how that would be perceived that way but most of the coaches would do the heart a lot of coaches will do that so you can tell they that they saw it yeah they're acknowledging it in some way but they're also following the rules <laughs> exactly or they'll actually text my coach They'll be like, oh, so those updates from Sydney today. Great job. And then oh. the microphone just go through me. So definitely the weird third party sort of way. So I did get responses from them. I didn't even think about that. They could technically communicate with your coaches. There's no rule that says they can't. Yes. Yeah, it's a big thing with really big club gyms. If you think about those coaches that have that networking, they definitely have the numbers with some of those college coaches. So they can just do all the stuff through them. You can basically be contacting the coach through your coach way before June 15th. That's how people get pe um, coaches in the gym. That's how I got people in the gym. Cause most of the time, if your coach wasn't helping with that, you just have to wait till June 15th and then people would start coming in the gym. But yeah, it's it definitely, you can go through your coach a lot through it. 
So would you like, if there was a certain college that you knew you were interested in, would you just tell your coach, like, I want this school to come visit me and they would reach out? Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it in like the visit sense, but I would definitely be like, can you reach out to Janelle and like, let, just search on my stuff, text her a little bit and be like, City's super interested or da 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 and maybe get my number from him, um, Janelle's number from him as well. Um, but yeah, I, any colleges that I was interested in, I remember having meetings with my coach where I'd be like, this is who I'm interested in. And I kept it very open, of course. And then they would, he would immediately start reaching out to people. Nice. So you ended up taking seven visits. It's a lot more than most gymnasts take. Why did you want to do so many? Yeah, it's de- it was definitely a lot. I think with how re- visits are now, how they're unlimited, coaches are doing it in a different way. Most of the time when it used to be five, you were almost pretty much guaranteed a scholarship if you did go on that visit there. And so the gymnasts would have their five schools. They'd go maybe on five, four visits, get four scholarships from all those and go ahead and pick. Now that you can do as many as you want, coaches aren't going to offer 20 different girls that they bring on the visits, right? Okay. So because of that, a gymnast has to look at it as, okay, I'm I'm going to go to this school, but I'm not 100% sure if they're going to offer me. So I should keep my options really open and choose to go experience something else just in case something were to happen. With that, for example, with Auburn, even when we were brought on, they were very transparent where they're tier two, they had already offered all their three girls. So even though I was on a visit there, that didn't guarantee me a scholarship. So knowing that even if I really, really enjoyed that school, I was like, okay, but if that was my last visit there, I could have no scholarship at all, let's say. So you're like, okay, I want to keep my options open. And then of course, I've built relationships with these coaches for so long. My coaches have gone through them. I've learned about the school's through mail, I wanted to go see it in person. My main goal, or it's a little bit irrational, but my main thing would be if I could visit every single college campus in the whole entire country and still pick UNC or another school as my number one, then that is where I'm meant to be. That is where home is for me. And I didn't want to have any regrets going through my process. If I was like, you know what, I kind of do want to visit this school, then I'm going to take that visit. If I have the means to do so, I'm going to take that visit because I don't want to be like, oh, but what if I would have visited Iowa? What if I really had loved it there? So I definitely thought of it as like, let's have no regrets. Let's experience all this. Let's celebrate what we've done for so long. All this messaging, all the gymnastics that we've done, the the calls and building the relationships. Let's celebrate that. Let's go meet the girls. Let's go meet new people and just get out there more than for even a recruiting standpoint, but just to build those relationships even more and see how we fit on campus. Because you can get all the things from the different calls. Everybody has the same sort of thing. But when you really got on campus, that's when you know if it's home or not. Yeah. yeah. So was it hard to balance everything like your practice and school and setting up these visits and then actually going on the visits? Was that hard to manage? It was definitely difficult. I had to find after my first visit, I really had to find a good schedule that fit for me. But prior to this, my coaches and I kind of sat down and we we're like, OK, we're going to give you a little bit of a different pacing plan than everybody else. You're going to be doing a lot more Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, because when Thursday hits, you're out of here for the rest of the week. So uh, it was definitely hard to balance that. And going on to these visits, I really thought I was going to have more time to do schoolwork. I was like, oh, I'm going to bring my computer, I'm gonna bring my notes. I'm going to do, I'm going to do this in the hotel. I'll have some free, free time. You have no time at all. You are scheduled out hour by the hour, sometimes by the minute. And you are at a meeting or you're going to eat and you're either out or you're sleeping. Like that's the main thing. So uh, it definitely took a lot to kind of cram everything in to a three day week, basically. Mm-hmm. Are you in public school or are you homeschooled? 
So I, yeah, I'm homeschooled. I do one local college class uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays. So it kind of fit with how my official visits were to be scheduled. But yeah, I am homeschooled. So I'm able to just do it on my computer. So yeah. Okay. So you just couldn't do anything while you were on your visits because you were so busy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I was thinking like, oh, I'm online. I'm going to be able to do stuff. No, (laughs) but yes, you're just so busy. You really have, don't have I've done that before with work trips. Like I'm going to bring my laptop because I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to get all this stuff done. No, you're not. Nope. (laughs) there was one time on the plane where I actually did my stuff because I was behind but every other time I'm always so ambitious I'm like I'm gonna get this all this assignment stuff I'm gonna save these for Thursday like this is gonna be amazing I'm gonna be all caught up I'm gonna be ahead mom and I literally would be on the plane I'm like "Mm, I don't feel like it I'm gonna go watch Mean Girls on the airplane (laughs) (laughs) that's relatable (laughs) really So we were just talking about all these visits that you took. You actually announced, like, you you posted a little graphic with all of the schools that you were intending to visit before you actually mm-hmm. started going on your visits, which I thought that was really cool. Um, and you visited all of those schools, I believe, except for Alabama. Yeah. Are you willing to share why that visit was canceled? Yeah, of course. So I believe at the time, Alabama had offered all of their scholarships. And what they told me was they only had a three-year scholarship to offer me if the time came about and it worked out on that visit and throughout the process. And with the other offers that I had had, like I had already received full rides and then also waiting for some other ones, it just didn't seem like the right fit for me to kind of move on and take that or just be like, Oh yeah, I'm so interested in that. Cause I just knew I, in my heart, I didn't want that. So just from there on that call, I just kind of knew that it wasn't going to work out. And I've also already been on so many visits. I kind of already knew where I wanted to go at that point. And so, yeah, it just didn't work out in that sense. Are you willing to share what schools offered you or at least how many offered you? Yeah. Okay. So Illinois offered me, UNC offered me, Georgia offered me and university of Iowa offered me. Okay. The other schools, uh, UCLA and Michigan state, I actually kind of cut off before they had the opportunity to kind of offer their visits were later so a lot of the times those schools will go through all their visits then go through the girls and be like okay this is who we want to pick this is who the girls like this is who we want to offer so I actually kind of cut them off prior to that when they could actually go through that and chose Carolina okay and so did any of those schools that offered you did they offer you on June 15th or was it a little bit after I guess when did you get those offers so I only got one offer on June 15th from the University of Illinois the rest of them offered I think I got an offer in July, I got an offer in August, and then I got an offer directly after my visit at Iowa. Does it change your mindset at all to know that you have an offer from a school before you go on that visit? Like, do you feel like they're a little bit more invested in you? Does it help a little bit to know that? It definitely does. In my opinion, I never wanted to feel like I had to be on my A game on a visit. I just wanted to be myself, but I could totally feel how somebody could feel that way, especially if they loved a school so much that they felt like, okay, I have to be perfect on this. I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. But it definitely sets a tone for like, they're already committed to me. I just have to love the school as much, as much as they love me and want me to be on their team. I just have to do that. And I can look at the school in a different light, light, like, oh, I could actually be here instead of a what if. Mm -hmm. So it definitely changes your mindset a lot on the visits, not only mentally with, I don't have to perform on these visits, but more so as could this be home? Now, this question, I feel like you kind of touched on it already, but I'm going to ask it again because I feel like you can maybe elaborate a little bit more on it. Um, I'm really curious about the transparency in regards to scholarships between the coach and the athlete. So Mm -hmm. for those schools that didn't offer you, so like UCLA, for example, 
they didn't offer you right away. You were kind of like waiting to see if they would offer you. What is that communication like? Are they saying to you, you know, we have a list of this many athletes, you're, I don't know, number 10 on our list, or I'm making things up here, but you know what I mean? Are they saying like, you are, you know, this placement on our list and we'll get back to you by the end of the month. Is it a transparent process or do they just leave you hanging sometimes? Sometimes they do leave you hanging. Every school does it so differently. Auburn was incredibly transparent and I was so grateful for that. They actually told me on my visit, we offered our tier one girls, the three girls on that tier one, and then you are in tier two. They didn't say you're number 10 or like, they didn't say the exact number, but they said you're in our tier two. Some uh, UCLA, I went on my visit. They said they would get back to me maybe next week or the week after that, they had another visit. And so I actually ended up just sending a call call up with Janelle, kind of spoke my piece to her. And she said she would get back to me by Monday. She never really said where I was on a list. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe that sort of impacted my decision with her or her decision with me as well. Uh, They never really said where I was, but the transparency did come with like, they always wanted to keep open communication. And it also came on you as well to do that. The coaches are, you have to remember the coaches are so busy with their time. And they're also looking through so many girls that if you want something from a coach, you got to go call them. You got to go message them. So I definitely, if I wanted to know something then and there, I would just text the coach that day. Hey, are you free for a call tomorrow or tonight? Like, it definitely came to that point where you do have to push that transparency. You have to push that line to, to get what you want from it. Yeah, that's good advice just to mm-hmm. know that like sometimes, yeah, coaches are really busy and you might have to take the initiative and be like, hey, can we chat? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. So it's yeah. it's very good to just to know where you are in their list and then know if you should move on from there. You don't want to waste your time. But then also to just kind of keep keep that line open, keep the transparency open and just push for it if you really are liking that school. And I think that kind of even goes on with uh, walk-ons as well. Yeah. Um. Speaking of walking on, I guess, I, I think it was in the College Gym News article that you wrote when you when you did your announcement. Um. You said in there that UCLA was your dream school, but they didn't offer um mm-hmm. the degree. I'm like, what's the word? <laughs> degree. <laughs> the degree that you, were, that you were wanting. Yeah. I guess my question is, was walking on at UCLA ever an option for you or did you know right away like I don't want to be a walk-on I want to get on scholarship somewhere yeah it was never an option for me I definitely wanted to be on scholarship and it certainly was a dream school for me beforehand going to the campus it was beautiful amazing it slowly just became not a dream through the major uh my I wanted to do sports medicine and so a little bit with the kinesiology route they didn't have that so that was a big kind of like turn off they had a roundabout way to get to it but just not a clear path yeah. um but what was the question can you go back I'm sorry did I answer it or do I need to well, you, you answered it I was basically just asking like was there ever a part of you that considered hmm, like maybe I should walk on or were you like if there's yeah. not a scholarship then like I'm out yeah that was literally me I was definitely very much of like a switch up type of person in my recruiting process if you were not showing me enough interest if I knew I wasn't gonna get a spot with you guys I'm I'm out of there so like even for like that sort of dream school it wasn't like a long like oh no like I'm losing this and I wasn't like sulking I was like wherever I'm meant to be I'm gonna be and if you just don't if you don't want me enough then I'm not gonna put my time into you I'm gonna move on I think it goes into like valuing yourself seeing the value exactly. you bring mm-hmm. and truly you want a school where like they want you just as much if it's just you like chasing the school and you're not getting exactly. reciprocated like yeah I think that's a smart choice to be like you know mm-hmm. what I'm gonna 
move on to something bigger and better. Know your worth. Yes, it's gonna. It's also gonna align to your experience as well. If it, if that's sort of happening, you got to think about okay, if this is happening now, I wonder what it's gonna be like if I were to get on that campus. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of walk-on still, I don't know how much you know about this or can speak to this, but for athletes that might want to walk onto their dream school, how does an athlete go about starting that communication? Like if you know that you're likely not going to get a scholarship somewhere, but you still know you want to go to that school, do you just like say to the coach, like, hey, can I walk on? Do you know anything about that process? Yeah. So I do have some insight. I'm going to use like a little bit of an example. For Auburn. So they, they called me, told me they didn't have any more scholarships that all the girls committed. If I love that school so, so much that I would take that walk on, like you were saying for UCLA, I could go back to the coach and say, okay, I understand you guys don't have that scholarship, but I really loved Auburn. Is there any way, do you guys have any walk-on spots available? And the communication can go through that way. And then I'm, I believe it can carry on and they could end up offering a walk-on spot. Or you can uh, apply to the school when it come, becomes your senior year. So be doing gymnastics. And then reach out. If you get into school, reach out to the coach that way. And then if you're maybe later to the process, so a 24 right now, they could be invited to official visit. I think the communication lies that the coach and the gymnast kind of know that that girl's going to get a walk on. They're inviting to the campus just to make sure that they're still liking it and that they still want them and offer them a walk on spot. So I think there's three different ways to go about it. Okay. That makes sense. And so for scholarships, for the schools that offered you, so far from what we've heard from the gymnasts that we've talked to, a lot of the gymnasts have said that they haven't been given a deadline from the schools that offered you. Did any of those schools give you a deadline of when you had to respond and accept the offer by, or did they let you go through that whole process? Yeah. So I really wasn't given a hard deadline at all. By the end of it, I want to say before Michigan State, it started getting really serious, really fast. I did have one school that was kind of like, we need an answer, but like, take your time. But we, we kind of need an answer. Like soon yeah. we want to offer these next girls on our visit. If you're not going to say yes. So right. I never was like, you need to answer by October 1st or your scholarship's gone, but it was definitely a sense of urgency it's immediately after you got that offer. You didn't want it to go away. Cause it's just verbal that they say that they could go ahead and offer that to somebody else. They could be over offering, but yeah, I was never really given a deadline. And from Carolina, especially they were so welcoming and so transparent with me but also they made it known that they had no deadline for me it almost felt like my timeline was their timeline like yeah have fun on your visits go ahead we can talk afterwards see where we're at and just answer us when you can so that sort of like ah, thank you Dana like that really meant a lot to me as well so I feel like those deadlines definitely impact a decision because you you don't want that sense of urgency on a young gymnast who wants to visit other schools also. Mm-hmm. And just knowing like this could be my home or this could be a different path in my life, but I have to answer tomorrow. Like, and I really want to go th- this place and definitely impacts it a lot, but I never really said, got, got a hard deadline. Okay, good. And I'm glad a lot of people are, are saying that they have. I've heard some horror stories. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've always kind of said like before my process, like after June 15th hit to my coach, I'm like, if anybody were to give me that sort of deadline, I'm not going to their team because that is, that's just not meant for me. I don't want somebody to put that sort of pressure on me. Yeah. yeah. I really want to talk to an athlete that got a deadline so far. I was hoping that you were going to be that first athlete, but better luck next time. <laughs> You'll, you could probably, if you interview enough people, you'll definitely get somebody. I don't know if they'll disclose the school, but yeah. like, I do, I do know a couple of people who got hard deadlines and it's definitely, I, I just know that is so stressful. Like that is like my wor- worst fear. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess going back to 
your visits. Um, culture is a really big thing that I know a lot of athletes look for, but I feel like it can be something that's hard to gauge. Like, how do you, on the course of like two days, determine whether a school, a team, a coaching staff is going to be the right fit for you in terms of culture? So what advice can you offer on that? Is there certain things that you were looking for on your visits, questions that you were asking to the girls on the team, the coaching staff? Yeah, it's it's definitely very difficult to gauge uh, culture, especially on that phone call, because coaches are putting up a front. And what I would ask, though, is um, describe your coaching style in a couple words. How do you treat this gymnast if they were going to go through an injury? How do you get them back on track? Um, maybe even create some analogies for them. This gymnast may be struggling on bars or I'm struggling on this event right now. What would you do for me? You could really put them on the spot in that sense and make them answer you know, truthfully or try to get something out of them. And then when you get to those visits, you get to be in practice. For some of my visits, I got to be in two practices. So really look around and see how the coaches are interacting with the gymnasts how the gymnasts are interacting with each other, and then also how the coaches are interacting with each other, um, how they're going to go through the assignment together, how they're talking about gymnasts. Oh, this gymnast is being a little hurt. What are we going to do for them today on these two events? Or um, even like on your free time, ask some of the gymnasts what they think. Luckily for me, on every single visit I was on, every single athlete was honest. Every single athlete told me how, what the environment was like. They told me, yeah, so it, it's kind of been a little rocky in here. Or no, it's always been on a great high. I'm really loving it. We're changing from last year. Everybody was very honest and it was it was great to see that. So it's definitely hard to gauge those cultures on the call. You'll kind of see it through some of what of the team's values are. And then when you go into the practice, you will get a sense of it. You're either going to feel it immediately, either the intensity or the lightheartedness or the fun, or you're going to feel that sort of serious vibe to it. So I definitely felt so many ranges on my visits, but it's hard to say, but you're going to see it when you're in that space. I was going to ask, did you have an obviously I'm not asking for like specifics, like schools or people, whatever, but like, was there anything at any of your visits, whether that was from like a coach or an athlete on the team or something that you saw that was kind of like a red flag and you were like, oh, interesting. Or did you not have that experience? Yeah, I did have a couple like red flags that I did hear about. And what I do think about red flags, though, is there is some compromise with every school that I'm not going to say this one school, you should not go there because this is what they said, because every school is going to have a different balance to it. But I, I did have some red flags where I heard or saw in practice where I was like, oh, this not this might not be a good fit for me. Or I'd have to see how this would fit in with this and how this balances. So, yeah, I definitely did have that. So red flags don't always necessarily mean I feel like when people say red flag, you your brain automatically goes to like a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just not what you wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Red flag is very subjective. Yeah. What I am liking in one school, a gymnast might be like, mm -mm, I hate that. Or, you know, so it's yeah. definitely very subjective in the recruiting process. And that's something I'm truly really kind of trying to keep in mind, especially when I'm talking to 2026s. like, take everything I say with a grain of salt, because this is what I don't like. This might be what you will thrive in and will, will love when you go there. So. Yeah. So aside from culture, was there any other things specifically that you were looking for or paying close attention to on your visits? The campus life and the college kind of lifestyle, even just seeing uh, normal students walking around or having fun or even like being on the quad at University of Illinois and seeing people playing vo volleyball or just seeing that sort of college life and college experience was something I was really looking for because that's kind of what I wanted. Beyond gymnastics, I want to be somewhere if something were to happen, could I see myself just being 
a student in this place, not a student athlete, but a student at this uh, campus or this school. Um, especially like I love walking around pretty areas. I live close to downtown Safety Harbor, which I love to go walk over there every day and parks. And so I wanted a campus that I could love and just look around and it, that was just beautiful. So that's definitely something I was looking at. What about out of all the trips that you went on, the favorite or best activity that you did Mm-hmm. all of your visits if you can even pick or maybe you can give us or, a couple. or you can give one from each if you have that I feel like you're the kind of person that has like a memory from each one <laughs> I am I post that stuff on Twitter too so I'll do the best one and then I can go through all of them so at Auburn we did this escape room and I was like Sarah Kurt this is an amazing idea this is true team bonding like you will really see people's true colors in the escape room like yeah. we're gonna see the culture from head to toe, like we're gonna see it. So that was definitely the my best one. One of my really good friends, Bryn, was in that escape room and we were just having the best time. It was so much fun. Actually, after all my visits after that, I was like, is there an escape room around here that we could go do? Cause they were just like so fun. I was kind of like uh, <laughs> egging it on for them. So <laughs> at University of Illinois, we, an activity we did, we went scootering around the campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lot of scooters everywhere so and they're, they're a really big campus so during the nighttime like we went scootering and then also after the game we went to this like cool Asian ice cream shop that was really fun to do uh we went back to their apartment and played cards like we just did a lot of fun stuff at uh, the University of Illinois at UNC we painted tote bags and made s'mores which was so much fun to do I have a hilarious story with that with uh Paige and Bella we were working on ours together and well, I was actually the only one doing it at the time, but I was doing like this swirl. I'm not a very good artist. I'm not an artist at all, but also it was dark out and you couldn't really see what the colors were. So I'm doing swirls on this toe and they're like, wait, let, let's bring it over and put a flashlight on this. So they put a flashlight and it looked terrible. It looked so bad. The colors were disgusting. So we're like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. I'm just going to put splotches all over this. So we all, all the girls like gathered around just putting splotches on it. I was like, anybody want to put any more splotches? So I just have random paint splotches from like everybody on the team. It was you never cute. claimed to be an artist. No, I did not. But I definitely came for some memorable time. So it's fun. I can like show people the toe and be like, the Carolina gymnastics team helped me with this. Like I, I think Paige put like a little smiley face on the side of it. And it was just everybody's like fun stuff with that. So we did that at uh, University of North Carolina. And then at Georgia, ooh, what was our team activity? Oh, we went axe throwing. Axe throwing was definitely fun, a little hard. My shoulder started to hurt afterwards. And I'm like, I'm not about to get an in- injury. Out of right, please don't. <laughs> Literally, we. I was like actually very scared. It, we had a lot of precautions with it. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have ever been axe throwing, but like. I haven't. You can't, well, obviously you can't throw it when somebody's going to go pick up their axe. Like there's two people at <laughs> one time. And, yeah, so I was like a little scared that somebody was going to get hit with an axe. But I, me and uh, this other girl on my visit, we stopped midway because, well, my shoulder was hurting and we ended up going to play Connect Four. And I remember beating her like 13 times in Connect Four. Like I was trying to help her win. It was just a funny experience. All around. <laughs> we were dying, laughing every time. I'd be like Jayla and I'd be like, drop the connect for thing and she'd be like again like because I got the four what was my next one Auburn escape room and then UCLA oh we learned so they do the dances UCLA does a team dance together so we went over to the apartment one of the girls apartment one night and we learned one of the dances with them that's fun uh, the group dances that they do and just had pizza and just had a fun time with that 
at Iowa, we also went back to the apartment and had like a little game night uh, thing that we did, which was just a bunch of fun as well. Just being able to be with the girls in a fun setting, like what you would normally do and seeing the team all together was something that you could really tell that people were a part of a family. And I feel like people use that word a lot, but you really see the family aspect of it on all these different activities. And then at Michigan State, we did the same thing. We went bowling with all the team together. So it was definitely a very fun time. So on these activities, are the coaches there? Is it just some of the gymnasts? Is it all the gymnasts? Like who mm-hmm. was involved in these activities? So some of them, the coaches were there, especially like when we went bowling at Michigan State, the coaches were there. But we're mainly with the gymnasts. Like the coaches will kind of stay back. Like most mm-hmm. of the activities are just with the gymnasts. And then most of the team is there. There may be just a couple girls who are out maybe going to do something. The hosts are definitely there, but the most of the team is there. Okay. And so you wrote about this on College Gym News as well, but your last visit was Michigan State. And it sounds like at that point, you kind of already knew like where you were going to go. Um, I guess just kind of walk us through that moment. And is it hard to be like on a visit, but then also thinking about another school? <laughs> yeah, it was. I talked about the shower story, but I failed to talk about this one story. It caught my mind when I was talking to one of the gymnasts from UNC. And she was telling me that she knew that she wanted to go to Carolina when she was on a visit and she had her phone up at dinner watching the UNC football game. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did the same thing. We were at bowling and I was looking up. They had the TVs of the football game on a Saturday night because there wasn't a football game in Michigan State at the time. And it was UNC versus U Miami. And literally between every turn, I'd go up and I'd go sit back down and I was watching. Well, every like I I almost missed my turn a couple times because I was just watching the game, and that's kind of where I was like I have some school spirit for them already. Yeah, like, you know, I just I was just so invested in it. Yeah, I was really rooting for them. I was like speak like you know when you're yelling in a game. I was kind of doing that too. So I was, I was like Michigan State's like oh this is not going well. I was like go 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 oh sorry guys <laughs> go green yeah exactly that's funny but, it, feels, it feels like you're like cheating kind of like you're like on a date with somebody else but you like have a boyfriend it really does it really does and I have so much respect for Michigan State and the coaches there and everything it really was nothing where I was like purposefully like thinking about this or watching it I just oh, never moment. I was like let me stop and we went on and did something else but yeah I definitely have that shower story I was like in the shower that night my mom's asleep and I'm going through uh the schools for that entire weekend the only thing my mind was on was UCLA UNC UCLA UNC do I want to wait it off for UCLA go through their pros and cons or do I want to commit to UNC and I like genuinely every single moment it was going between those schools it'd be like oh but UNC has this but what about UCLA like it's been a dream and so I was in the shower and I'm like wait I think it's UNC and right when I thought that it was like light bulb went off it wasn't one I had no going back like I didn't have any regrets on the point and I woke up that morning and I'm at breakfast with my mom this is our travel day going back to Florida I'm like mom I think I'm gonna commit to UNC she's like really (laughs) (laughs) and I was like yeah and I kind of went through my thought process with that one of her really good friends I call her like my crazy aunt she's not actually crazy but I call her my crazy aunt she went to the UNC visit with us and was like texting my mom the night before I really hope it's UNC I'm prepping my gear fingers crossed (laughs) so it was she was telling me about that and I actually told my mom I'm like I kind of want to call them like right now (laughs) I want to call them right now and say yes because I just wanted to like I just loved it so much I knew it was the one for me and then I just wanted to tell them that I just wanted to express my gratitude to them and how much I love the school. 
But she's like, let's, how about we wait until we get home and let's talk to your dad first and everything. Like, I'm going to call them in Michigan saying, I'm ready, I want to go to UNC. So then she held me off. And luckily the coaches actually uh, were a little bit busier that day. So I had some time to think about what I was going to say and get ready and be on a Zoom call like this and kind yeah. of tell them. So yeah. how did they react when you told them? Oh my gosh, it was the best reaction. So Dan, I don't know if they weren't expecting me to commit I I think they might have been expecting me to just be on the call and kind of see tell them where I'm at in my process tell them oh I might have an answer for you then or tell them if I was going on another visit or whatever but I ended up kind of going through a little like build up and I was like so I'm I, if the offer's still available I'd love to commit to UNC and I remember Dana like jumping up in the air she goes up to the side and she's pumping her fists in the air um Mackenzie Macko coach Mackenzie she's like oh Oh my gosh Maria is like smiling wide Sammy's uh boyfriend was actually there and she turns the camera over and her boyfriend's like good job and it was just so special and that's kind of even like affirms my decision even like more just because the coaches were so supportive and like shocked and happy and just was so just so glad and I was so glad too and it was it was definitely a very special moment it wasn't like Oh, great. Thanks, Sydney. Good to know. It was it was very much like celebration everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> so did you make the yes call first and then the no's or did you do your no calls first and then your yes call? Yeah, so I did the yes call first and to future recruits always do the yes call first. You never want to go through your notes and then you go on the call and they're like, so actually we don't have any scholarships left. Like you, you never want to go through that and that probably wouldn't happen. But just to make sure I did my yes call first and then you get that done with um, super happy and then you have to get to the bad part and you have to do, go do your no calls. So then I ended up sending those over the course of maybe two days. I kind of just wanted to get them over with. I was hoping I could schedule them all in one day. Of course, coaches have different schedules. So yeah, I did my yes call first, then went through my no calls. And that was probably the most stressful part of my process, honestly. <laughs> the end of it, the most stressful part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it stressful because you had to schedule all those calls? Or was it also like probably that and a combination of just having to deliver like bad news to people? <laughs> <laughs> to deliver bad news it, it wasn't too stressful to schedule them that's kind of how it's been since June 15th you're scheduling yeah. a bunch of calls but for sure to just tell them let them down and not knowing what their reaction would be of course I felt so centered in on my decision that I, nothing was kind of going to push me any sort of way but just to kind of see like I was stressed about how they would react just because I've never really heard of people doing the no calls I obviously knew they were a thing but like I've never heard anybody's reactions from them. And I also have heard horror stories from that too. So then I was like, oh my gosh, like I made it super nice. I wasn't being like, I don't like you guys. So I'm going here, you know, <laughs> that's why. But I was, I was very kind about it. It was just definitely awkward. And some schools was great though. Some schools were very, like, were amazing and very supportive of everything. I think most coaches are like that, which is great to see, but it's, that's probably, yeah, it was very stressful. <laughs> So is it like a quick call? Like, especially if it's awkward, do you kind of just like say what you got to say and then you're like, bye? <laughs> so I actually kind of, yeah. So some, one of my calls was, the shortest one I had was probably like three, four minutes. And that's not even that short. The rest of them, like I talked with Iowa, me um, and one of the coaches there, we can talk for hours. So I think it wasn't, we kind of just went on our own little tangent about something else. So it wasn't after the no call kind of happened we kept on talking and even with other schools we kind of just kept on talking 
Mm -hmm. uh, just about even just random stuff or how they thought the process was with me or how I thought the process was with them. And um, I didn't really have like a 30 second call. I have heard of heard of those where you just say no. And they're like, okay, thank you. Bye. And that would be person. like horrifying. That's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> really? I, I'd actually, I, I, yeah, I, got, I almost kind of wanted that. I kind of wanted them to be quick, but <laughs> when they were good, yes, <laughs> I wanted them to just be over with say no. And then like, okay, bye. But when they were long, that's what I thought beforehand, but when they were longer and I got, had a good conversation with them, like I still felt like I had that sort of relationship that I had still built. It didn't feel like it was over in a 30 second call. Like you're yeah. saying like, this is months of talking mm-hmm. and to be over in a 30 second call, I was happy. It wasn't like that. So yeah. Yeah. I definitely do feel that. But no, it, it was good to have the longer conversations and just be able to chat more than like a coach relationship, just friends now, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Someone that you had a relationship with already. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now UNC is a pretty academically prestigious school. How big was academics for you throughout this process? So academics wasn't actually super big for me. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I, I obviously would have loved maybe to go to a prestigious school wouldn't have also super much like cared if I didn't go to a super prestigious school I just wanted a school to have my major or have pretty renowned majors that I could just work with and if I want to switch somewhere else I could do that but luckily my schools did end up having some really good uh academic rankings but it wasn't a choice I assume that academics was like an important factor for you because yeah I feel like the schools you visited actually are pretty not all of them are like prestigious but like you had some pretty good academic schools in there yeah and I now that I'm looking at that pattern too I realized that as well but it really wasn't a big factor it kind of just ended up like that yeah. and I'm happy it did it, it makes it easier for me as well uh going to get my degree and making it a va- value um a lot of people are saying that too they're like I'm glad you put your academics first or like certain stuff like that and I'm like it kind of really wasn't a factor too much for me, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know you said UCLA didn't have your major. Did all the other schools that you were looking at, did they all have your major or was there any other yes. ones that didn't? No. Yeah. UCLA was the only one who didn't have a major. We actually we were sitting in for an, like a meeting with the academic advisor and I had four other, three or four other girls with me. And they were like, we have 200 plus majors here and we're very versatile. So like, what are some examples? What some, what are the, what do you guys want to major in? And we go through, she's like, so I, I, three of the girls said like kinesiology, like me. So we actually don't have any of those majors. That's crazy to me. It was very odd. And it was even more shocking because I remember going through like certain schools and looking at sports medicine or kinesiology rankings and UCLA was pretty high mm-hmm. and, and I wasn't sure I was confused as to why they were saying that because I just remember hearing about sports medicine at UCLA, especially like at um, their sports medicine training center. They have very renowned doctors that they're working with. They have a hospital right by the school. So it was just confusing to hear that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah they were the only school that didn't have a kines major they have physiology and I even it was funny I met with before my Michigan State visit I was waiting for a bus at the airport and I we actually met a student who goes to UCLA and I was talking about that and he's like oh yeah they only have like physiology or like certain stuff like that so Hmm. but yeah that was the only school yeah UCLA is the kind of school that I would expect to have like every major well I looked up so my major was journalism and I looked that up because I was just curious if like UCLA had my major and they don't even have a journalism program which is like, I feel like crazy. they're like selected now with their majors. Yeah. Like they do unique ones or something. I I'm confused. It's very confusing. Even being on the campus, I was like, 
you guys seem like you should have everything here, you know, because you're yeah. just so much around LA, so many opportunities. But yeah. it, it was odd. I feel like you seem like you talk to a lot of athletes and you have a lot of connections with people. So um, was there anybody throughout this process that was like super helpful for you, whether that was like a former athlete, I guess an athlete that was currently going through the process? Did you have anybody in particular that was like super supportive of you during this process? Yeah, a current athlete who is going through this process is actually committed to Florida. She's fine if I name drop her. She's I face her all the time. Her name's Maddie Dorbin, Madeline Dorbin. And we would FaceTime for like three hours every night, just either discussing recruiting stuff or just random things that were going on. We would keep like, we would start placing bets on where people were going to go for recruiting. You're like gymnastics fans. That's what we do. <laughs> we were doing that. But yes, we really, I, um, sought her for advice and she looked to me for advice as well so it was that was somebody I really looked um to my coach she was also school. helping you with those videos wasn't she yes oh my gosh she's so good Nick. at those so Nick. I did my first two videos UNC in Illinois and I was like they took me really long to do they took me like an hour an hour and a half to do to line it up so I'm like and then I got really behind I was on on my fifth visit and I hadn't posted like my three other schools I noticed that I was like what yeah I was really behind and it was hard too because I was away every weekend so I didn't really have the time so I'm like Maddie can you please help me on these so she started just doing all of them for me and I don't even know what she used but she did them amazing and I she's very good at that really so. good yeah she is so. shout out to her <laughs> seriously yes but so she started doing that. My coach, I definitely looked to, he's actually been more in the recruiting process, just happened to be with gymnasts who go to Ivy Leagues. So he's more with the later recruiting process, but um, he has so much, he networks a lot, knows a lot of coaches, and then just knows a lot about the process in general because he's a big gym fan. So he was definitely somebody I looked to for advice as well. In your opinion, what was the most stressful part of the recruiting process? Some of those first couple calls were pretty stressful just because it was hard to know what to say and what to ask because there was just so much to go over. And you're like, should I save these for another call or should I kind of all introduce it now? So that was definitely very stressful. My first call uh, was with Janelle at like 8, 8 a.m. in the morning. And that I was kind of like just blabbering, kind of how I'm doing probably now in this. I'm just <laughs> blabbering and I go back and I'm writing my CGN article and I'm like, so yeah, I had my first call and I just felt like I did it terribly. And I just... <laughs> And Janelle ended up texting me super sweet. So like, I thought her call was amazing, but those are definitely stressful just because there's so much to say and you don't want to put it out all in one call. And there's so much to ask and there's so much to introduce for yourself as well. You want to put your best foot forward, especially because first impressions are a lot. They're everything. Mm -hmm. I would say the first calls and the very last calls were probably the most stressful. A lot of gymnasts have been talking about making a binder when they had their calls. Did you do anything like that to like organize like notes or like take notes on things that people were saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I really tried to, guys. I, I was too much <laughs> in the call. Like, I'd start by taking notes, and then I ended just pushing off to the side. And I would just just talk and chat and try to kind of remember some of the stuff they were saying. If I was on a phone call with my family, like, my mom would take notes on the side. If I was starting to talk, it's very hard, in my opinion, to take the notes. You're hearing so much stuff. You're an you have to answer. So you don't want to be like, sorry, I'm just taking a note on that. You kind of just want to be into the call. And I really wanted to be in the moment with, yeah. with them. And then, like I said, a lot of the schools had a lot of the same things. You could go back on and look at a site about a school and just see those facilities and re-look at that or even just ask a coach later. So I tried to start doing notes. And then I ended up just having a bunch of random index cards that I would just <laughs> grab mid-call. And I'm like, I'm just going to throw these all away. What I did have a binder of, though, was the mail that I had gotten 
uh, prior to June 15th and then till now from every school just to look back at because they'll send stuff to the campus or they'll send stuff to do in the area, send stuff about the program itself. So I just have a binder of mail from that of fun facts about every school. What about if you could change one thing about the recruiting process, what would you change? This was one, I, you know, okay, so I would change the August 1st rule that you can't uh, be face-to-face with coaches until August 1st. That should just be, they should just open it all up on June 15th. Yeah. The reason why I think this is just, you're, well, number one, we're adding another rule. And I think the August 1st was just to show the uh, beginning of official visits. But I've heard now with a lot of elite gymnasts who are kind of booked in September and October that they're having to do their visits earlier. And I think even though they wouldn't be in uh, school at the time, if you were going to do them in June, July area, it'd be a good chance to get people out there earlier if they were too booked and busy. Let's say you're booked for elite, maybe competitions all through September to November. You can't do your visits then. So um, I think being able to do the visits earlier for that. And then also the fact of um, just the face-to-face contact, having coaches come to the gym and being able to uh, chat with them afterwards, uh, go to lunch or do something, you should be able to do that after June 15th. I had a couple in-home visits and I actually didn't even do them in my home. So living in Florida, I was like, coaches coming from all different areas. I'm like, I want to show them a little slice of Florida where I love going or where I do something all the time. So I had Iowa come in and I go to Indian Rocks Beach, which is close to my gym a lot. And we go to this one sandwich shop called Kooky Coconut. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take them to the beach. They don't they don't have beaches much in Iowa. <laughs> no <laughs> beaches at all in Iowa. So I was like, you know what? Let's go to the beach and we'll go to Kooky Coconut and they can try these sandwiches. We can watch sunset on the beach. And it was just such a fun experience to kind of give them a little slice of Florida and then also be able to chat with them a little bit about everything afterwards. So mm-hmm. um, just being able to also move that up earlier because I just couldn't have so many of those in-home visits or face-to-face stuff after practice because they were in August and by that time coaches are getting pretty busy school started right. up, visit startup so moving everything a little bit more up and making that face-to-face contact available on June 15th as well that's one thing that like never really made sense to me anyways like yeah it doesn't even make sense that you can talk to coaches on the phone but then you can't like actually communicate with them in person or like you can't take a visit like you have people that commit sometimes and they haven't even gone on a visit and like yeah. each their own but like that's mm-hmm. just, that's a really interesting process because I personally would want to like go to the campus and like see the team and I don't know get to experience mm-hmm. all that before making a decision yeah. but the rules make it so we had to wait which is kind of dumb <laughs> I know yeah I completely completely agree excuse me um with especially like committing before you were to go to visit school the opinions you have in your head could be completely changed when you go on the visit so it's definitely something to go do that even some coaches didn't understand it, why it was like that. And there has been instances like it was so stupid to the point where coaches were calling girls on the phone during the practice because that was allowed. You could call the girl on the phone during practice what? and talk to them then. Oh, good job on that Maloney half. Thanks. You want to see another one? <laughs> and go ahead and do that one again. Hang up the phone. So I've heard of that as well. So it's just the rules are being looped around too much that they just need to... Yeah. Right. You might as well just change it to that, right? Like everyone's sounds like everyone's having some sort of contact anyways. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just a thing just so to signify the start of official visits. I really think that's just all it's for, for August 1st, because that's about where school is going to start in colleges. I think that's just what it's for, but they're going to do that. Then just make maybe an official visit rule for then. Yeah. Like 
start official visits when school's in session, maybe, or like whatever you want to do for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so when you graduate, we need you to be in whatever position you would need to be in to like change these things. That's <laughs> that's my work uh, for the NCAA. Yeah, NCAA board. I know. Hopefully, it's still around by that time. I'm in <laughs> with all the conference realignments. People are thinking that they're just gonna be conferences making their own stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, committee overseeing everything. But yeah, I know. I think that would be pretty fun to do. Good point. <laughs> I think you'd be great at it. That or you should be like a, a college recruiting expert. Like you should have your own little like college recruiting business. I think you'd be so perfect for that. You would. Yeah, I just couldn't charge. Like I just give it the info for free. I've already given so much info. Like I would just do it as like volunteer service or something. Just do like a dollar or something. Yeah. yeah like I think people a like, dollar have, like a you can have like a Patreon, yeah, where like you charge people like a very small amount and they just give advice <laughs> to you. You have valuable advice. Me and Maddie were literally on FaceTime being like, you know what we should do? We should set up a massive Zoom with a bunch of different 25 recruits and like whoever can come on if they want to and talk about the process and tips. Like that'd be just so fun and neat to do and just teach people about that. So maybe we'll do that. We just oh, weren't yeah. sure if we should charge it or something or like post stuff, but. And I all do. Literally, <laughs> I would do like, college coaching in the like I totally like you know uh one of the coaches from LSU is like the recruiting coordinator I would totally go into something like that that would seem pretty fun I could never spot I'll never spot a day in my life but I can do that sort of thing yeah I feel like you're made for that (laughs) (laughs) thank you okay so you've given a lot of really incredible advice um I guess just to wrap this up is there any one single piece of advice if you had to pick one thing that you would give recruits like the biggest piece of advice what would it be okay my main thing would be to go after school or keep on pursuing a school that wants you it and to keep your options open I'll actually leave it with that one keeping your options open will give you many different opportunities in case something doesn't work out. And then going up to school that wants you, like we said before, like you want to feel wanted on the campus. You want to have a bigger role on the team. If that's something that you're interested in, or you just want to just want to be there and have that school pride and that spirit and know that you are loved by the team and everything. I would say when you're going to schools, you're talking to schools, if you feel wanted by that team, it's going to make it so much of an easier process for you. And then also when you're on the campus, it's going to make it easier. If you're constantly feeling like you have to perform or you have to be something you're not, it's probably not the right fit for you. You want to find a home where you can fit in and be yourself and be your wonderful you. There are so many opportunities out there, so many different values of every school, cultures that you're going to find somewhere that fits for you. And if this one school's not it, just let it go. Take a second. I know maybe it was your dream school. Just take a second and realize that there's something better for yourself out there. So that's probably the piece of advice I would give. Great advice. Honestly, you've been amazing. <laughs> like, Thank you. I feel like I've just been talking, 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 talking. Like, no. I don't even know what I've said in the last five minutes. No, <laughs> so honestly, like... like- I'm going to be watching this or listening to this back and being like, oh, I don't remember saying that. So, yeah. Have fun editing this one. <laughs> no, I think it'll be easy to edit. I think that you're okay. really well spoken. You're really like thoughtful, insightful. Thank like you. I really, really genuinely mean it when I say I think you're helping so many people. Um, not only that will listen to this, but the writings that you've done for College Gym News, and I'm sure the private conversations that you're having with athletes, I just think that you bring yeah. so much value to the gymnastics community. So Thank you so much. I really appreciate the talk with you guys and very grateful for you guys to give me the opportunity and the platform to do this on so 
I am super excited to see the rest of your recruiting uh, interviews. I listened to a step and I need to go listen to Lexi Zeiss. So yep. this was amazing. You guys did a great job with hers. It was so Thank insightful. You. Oh, thanks. Yes, that was yeah. great. It's all them. We've got some really good guests on. Honestly, it's all you guys. You guys are the stars. Well, you do ask the right questions, though. You get you get the right stuff out. So Thank you guys did an amazing you. job. So mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you so much. We want to say thank you so much to Sydney for being so open and willing to share the ins and outs of her recruiting process with all of us. I really think that she's helped so many people and Sydney, we cannot wait to cheer you on in Chapel Hill. And in case you missed it, we've also interviewed Oklahoma commit Mackenzie Eastup and soon to be LSU signee Lexi Zeiss about their recruiting process. So go listen to their episodes if you haven't already. Wrapping up with our question of the week, somebody submitted, I love Michigan gymnastics and Florida follows closely. If the whole Michigan team didn't exist, which team would you have found yourself rooting for? I love your podcast so much. Go blue, baby. Thank you. And go blue. (laughs) Um, So we've said this before, but I think maybe... Hmm. We were definitely Georgia fans when we first started watching college gymnastics. So part of me thinks that like if that- we didn't live in Michigan or if Michigan like wasn't a thing, like the school, maybe Georgia. But then again, with the way Georgia hasn't had like super successful seasons in recent years, I could see ourselves rooting for a team that's a little bit more national championship contenders. So I'm thinking maybe UCLA. See, I don't know if I agree. I feel like it's fun to root for the underdog, personally. It is, but I also feel like it's easier to root for the underdog when it's, quote-unquote, your team. Like, if we lived in Athens, Georgia, we would probably be diehard Georgia fans no matter what. True. Right. But, we see, we liked Georgia as kids because Georgia was winning when we were kids. And we also liked it because they had top recruits. They had Courtney Coupettes. They had Courtney McCool. And we watched the 2004 olympics and so those were like gymnasts that we knew that were popular that were on that team so that was like our justification for why we liked it but as you get older you learn more things you have different opinions and i think a lot of that can affect what teams you choose to root for so Mm -hmm. my first instinct is to say ucla because we like ucla now like i consider myself a michigan and ucla fan I i love both teams yeah ucla i really enjoy watching michigan state i love the girls on the team i think they're a super talented team and again i said i like that underdog team i kind of view Michigan State that way Mm -hmm. not only in the Big Ten Conference but also nationally they're kind of always you know one of those teams that's like on the brink of doing you know taking that next step and doing something big so I think maybe I would be like a Michigan State girly which is funny to say considering that we are so avidly Michigan and I'm a student at the University of Michigan you would think like (laughs) I would be like so opposed to Michigan State but when it comes to the gymnastics team I'm not I root for them yeah we really do enjoy Michigan State that's a good answer too I'm trying to think of what other teams so here's the thing if we're being completely honest I think because Michigan in recent years has been nationally competitive I think it's been hard for me to like the fan part of me to root for any other like top team because I view them as a threat to my team if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so it's hard for me to be like you know I would root for this school or that school Maybe that's also why I kind of have, like, the underdog mentality because, like, those teams don't maybe feel as much of a threat to my team. Although Michigan State this year. I know. (laughs) Let's not not talk about that. We'll get into that when we do our season preview for Michigan State. But, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. And it's not that I don't like other teams because, truthfully, LSU, last year, this coming year, I really think they have a talented team. I like a lot of the athletes on their team. I enjoy watching LSU. Their meets are really fun. I really do feel like I'm kind of 
of becoming like a low-key LSU fan, which is something that, again, you know, five years ago, I never would have said that. No. I would have probably picked Florida. But then I feel like it's kind of like flipped a little bit. So my opinion is like always changing. So, you know, I'm answering this now. And, you know, a couple years from now, I could listen back to this and be like, what was I talking about? Like, why (laughs) did I feel that way? I think my answer, I'm sticking with my original answer. I'm going to go as a kid. I definitely, we already were Georgia fans. I could see myself being a Georgia fan. But also, I think UCLA is where my heart is if it's not with Michigan. Like, Mm -hmm. Michigan's always number one, but UCLA is usually a pretty close second. And that's usually how it is for me as well. So I'll go because I'm the kind of person that can't pick one answer. I'm very indecisive. I'm going to go with a combination of UCLA, Michigan State, and LSU. And if you forced me to pick one. Yeah, we're doing that. Um, Because you can't, that's cheating to not answer the question. You're right. I think I'm just trying to avoid (laughs) having to pick because I don't like picking. (laughs) I would probably go with UCLA. I guess go Bruins. If you want to participate in the question of the week and you listen on Spotify, you can scroll down on your screen just slightly and you'll see a little box where you can type in an answer to the question. And we will have this question. If your team, whatever team you root for now didn't exist, what team would you root for next? So tell us what your favorite team is and then tell us if you couldn't root for that team or they didn't exist who you would be rooting for. That's a fun question. So thank you yeah. so much to whoever asked that. And if you want to have your question answered on a future episode, we have in the show notes down below a link to anonymous submission form where you can send us whatever question you want. Also, real quickly want to mention, we've mentioned this in a couple episodes now, that we were making a little spreadsheet that was kind of a tool for people who do fantasy gymnastics. It really kind of has everything you need as far as rosters and who's injured and who's training what events and upgrades and all of the things. We finally released that. We've been working on it since the summer and we still continue to update it every single day, but it's released now for our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So if that's something you're interested in, we have a link to our Patreon page in the show notes down below, and you can read about all the perks and everything that you get with being a Gold Level Patreon. So, and I believe, so at the moment that we're recording this, we're recording this like midday on Saturday, but our plan is to have our fantasy draft list. So we have a freshman list with some stats, and then we have like a highest scoring potential fantasy team list. They're not public as of this moment that we're recording and they're actually not done. We still have a little bit that we have to do to finish it, but our hope is to have that released by the end of the day Sunday, meaning that by the time you listen to this, that could also be up. So if you're a Patreon, make sure you check that out. And if you are a Patreon and you didn't get the spreadsheet, or when we release these drafts, because what we do is we just take the email addresses that are attached to the account that you made when you made a Patreon account, and we just put those right onto the spreadsheet and like added you to it. So if you don't use that email anymore or whatever, you lost the login, you probably didn't get that notification. Just let us know. You can reach us on social media or send us an email at allthingsgympod at gmail.com and let us know when we can add like whatever whatever, whatever email, you, email you use now. Yeah. But please let us know if you want that and you're a gold level Patreon supporter and you did not get the notification. We will fix that for you. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Before we let you go, we want to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Mama T, Sharon B, Steve I, Dana, Kyle M, Alex M, Jenna A, ML, Katie C, MSU, Kimberly G, Randy B, Emily B, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Becca S, Blake B, Cookie Master, Faith, 
Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Semflam, Erica S, M, Derek H, Martin, Paul M, Krista, Jasmine C, and Lee B. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you guys all so, so much. And make sure you're checking the Patreon app because like we mentioned, we're posting a lot of new content between our fantasy draft list and the spreadsheet and you know, the typical stuff that we have going on with Recruit Reflections and Coach's Corner. Lots of stuff for you guys to engage with over there on Patreon, so make sure you're checking that out. We'll be back on Thursday with another segment of Coach's Corner, as well as another season preview. We've got Oklahoma's KJ Kindler coming on the show, and it's going to be another great episode, so we can't wait for you all to hear it, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Bye! Bye!